Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, we're starting off on Monday morning with a nice little nine-game slate for you, fellas, fellas, fellas. Hope you had a good weekend. Hope you finished out the NFL season. If you do play bold sports, which I assume many people do, if you do, hope you finish out that weekend great. A lot of the stacks that we have, whether it's Mr. Kirk Cousins coming out of nowhere for us, Deshaun Watson continuing to be as fantastic as Deshaun Watson has been all season long. Really one of the most, if not the most underrated player all season long has been Deshaun Watson. But you're here for the NBA talk, so we're going to give you the injury and status dashboard per usual. We are going to be giving you the early interest, which there's a lot. And one way to sum up this slate on a nine-game slate is value at the big man position, power forwards and centers, and specifically players that play the center position, but we're going to be able to get them into, because some of them play power forward as well, eligible on DraftKings, we will be able to get them into four spots in our lineups. And honestly, if the slate allows it, smaller slates usually not enough value, some bigger slates there might be value in just point guard value that stands out, and we still can get that because it's a nine-game slate, it's the NBA, and a lot of value is going to open up. We'll update the projections on Patreon. You can follow along down below with the projections, value rankings, and all that type of stuff. Super Draft projections as well. But it is going to be a slate that right now as it stands, a ton of value is in the center position power forwards that play center not only all the way up at the top at the upper upper top when you have Joel Embiid but a bunch of the mid-range options six five four k centers and power forward options that look like they're going to play 25 minutes maybe even 28 to 30 minutes and they're going to grade out for around 1.1 to 1.2 fantasy points per minute so what is all this this other language you're talking right now what that basically means is that they're going to be looking like fantastic value plays for you we're going to dive down into those guys obviously other positions as well but before we'll be getting to the injury and status dashboard and before we even do that please do hit the like button on this video and the big old subscribe button pops up i appreciate it if you could hit that bad boy as well that is greatly greatly appreciated and in advance i would like to say if you could if you could if you could check out super draft they're the sponsor of today's show you can find it linked down below that's their logo up above if you're watching on the youtube video if you're not already on super draft i know that a lot of you are i know that people continue to get on there but it's for the people who are brand new here or who continue not to because it takes a couple extra seconds to download the app or create an account on the on their website and i get that but those extra couple seconds are going to be very very good for you if you are a disciplined dfs player which if you're playing NBA DFS, you're definitely disciplined in terms of just keeping up with the news, keeping up with your lineups and things like that. Otherwise, you're going to be flaming out pretty quickly in the NBA based on how quickly the news changes and how unstructured it is. But Superdraft, it's a multiplier format. So for example, today, you can see some guys in the slate on the injury and status dashboard. Guys like James Harden today has a 1.05x multiplier. That means whatever points he scores, you multiply it by 1.05x. So he basically gets 5% more points. There's some other guys in the slate today, like Alec Burks, who's questionable. He has a 1.65x multiplier. So he gets 65% more points. So it's all about how that multiplier affects a player's projections we have projections linked down below but people are winning five figures four fingers it is by far by far by far one of the best if not the best right now dfs site for an roi positive expectation because the competition is just not as strict the people over there are just not keeping up as much in terms of that's not their main priority the people who are professionals and playing over there which is not a lot and then the final thing is that these contests are still not filling all the way up so be sure to check it out it's a nice fun difference you can play anybody you want you don't have to worry about salary cap base my name's sal sal will get you a nice little deposit bonus Nice little deposit bonus up to $1,000 Ruskies, that is, in a slow drip format. Check it out, linked down below. Thank you, Superdraft, for sponsoring this NBA start of the week massive nine-game slate. So let's get this injury news up and running right now. We're going to be looking at Atlanta to start, and they're going to be having some of their, you know, like secondary pieces, whether it's Kevin Horder right now, which is crazy that Kevin Horder, which like a year ago was supposed to be, or really two years ago, big piece of this team. He's now quickly falling to the wayside as they picked up some players. You're seeing the evolution of Cam Reddish to an extent. DeAndre Hunter playing a lot better this year. So he's going to be questionable today. He's not playing massive minutes so far. 
part of the season. You're getting Kevin Horner to play about 150 minutes, which is like average. He's basically like the sixth man on this team, seeing a 19% usage rate. So him being not out there will affect some things. You have Rashawn Rondo, who's only played 31 minutes. He's going to be doubtful with the knee. We haven't seen much of Rashawn Rondo this year in a 16% usage rate in about 30 minutes of play. So he's going to be doubtful. Just keep a close eye on those types of things. If there's not going to be any Kevin Horner today at the shooting guard position, you might get a little bit more security with your Cam Reddish type plays. You probably see a little bit of a bump off the bench for guys like Brandon Goodwin, who's seen 54 minutes of play so far this season. But really, it's just going to be giving more of a solid minutes floor to around 32, maybe bump it up now to 34 for guys like DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish, who play those wing positions at the starting spots. In Cleveland, you're going to see Darius Garland today questionable with a shoulder injury, and Isaac Okoro is going to be questionable with a foot, the rookie there. So this is only going to help Dante Exum even more, who's been terrible the last two games. And honestly, he's been starting at the uh, the three Dante Exum the last couple of games. So that's why you're not seeing as much of his assist opportunities. Didn't have many in that last game. Has only had one assist in the past two games, even though he's played 28 and 35 minutes in starting. If he slides over to the two, if Darius Garland was to miss in this game, or maybe even the point for some of the play alongside Sexton, that's where you see a little bit more upside in Exum's assist potential. But on a big slate like this, the price point coming up, we don't need to get there. Garland being out would be pretty big though, seeing around a 22% usage rate, the second most points or second most minutes on this team right now. You'd see the former Nick Damian Dotson see a little bit more run here, especially if we were to see a Coro miss again. So Damian Dotson, uh, Dante Exum's minutes would hold still. Even Dean Wade would start to see a little bit more run if they were there. So not much interest in those guys overall. Colin Sexton probably sees a nice little usage uh, rate bump and also just his floor in minutes would, would spike up a little bit. You have the two big studs in the slate, or two of the bigger studs. Luca missed yesterday with a quad injury. Just keep a close eye on that. Then you have James Harden, questionable with an ankle. My interest as it relates to Dallas are going to obviously depend on what happens with Luca here because when Luca's off the court, you see Jalen Brunson in 109 minutes, leads the team right now with Luca off the court, see a 27% usage rate so far this season and 1.18 fantasy points per minute. I do think that you would start to see in a bigger sample, guys like Trey Burke start to stand out a little bit more, but it is interesting to see that Jalen Brunson would be that direct replacement. So you're not going to see Brunson on the early interest because I'm assuming that Luca goes tonight, but if he doesn't, then you're going to see Brunson pop up again. We saw Harden miss that last game, kind of last second on the weekend. We were on the live stream actually, I believe for uh, the NFL. Oh no, we were on the live stream for the NBA main slate because that game started at five and I was like, all right, well go get a lot of shares of that showdown slate because usually when this happens last second, especially on a weekend, people aren't paying attention. Harden was like 40 something percent owned in that showdown slate, 30 something percent owned in the cap and spot. If you just played it efficiently, you had a 40% better chance at winning than you normally do, which is pretty damn crazy since 20% of the field already wins. So Harden questionable with an ankle. Obviously, you're going to see John Wall. Christian Wood is, is a good play either way. I think John Wall is as well, but it gets even better if Harden was to not be out there. I really don't have interest in Harden either way tonight. Uh, there's some other guys that I'd like paying up for. Harden being the most expensive, probably going to get to some other spots. In Miami, Avery Bradley's questionable with an illness. In Milwaukee, the only really injury news here is Pat Connington is out with a knee injury. Pat Connington being out is just going to kind of give a little bit more uh, bump up to some of these bench guys. Nothing major, in my opinion, in terms of where my interests are to lie. The Bucks, I really have interest in the starters, and the only bench player I would have interest in on the Bucks would be Bobby Portis, who seems to be taking away this job from Brooke Lopez in terms of the minutes that he's been playing coming off the bench as of late. You probably see DJ Augustine and Bryn Forbes get a little bit more run if Pat Connington was to miss. Going over to New York now, a lot of the same stuff here for New York. Frank Nilakina is still out. Dennis Smith Jr. seems doubtful in this one. And now you have three straight games missed for Alec Burks after once he got injured in that first game. They said he's going to be missing some time. So now it's been about a week, three games here. Alec Burks continues to have a nice usage rate, 25% when he actually does play. And if Alec Burks is out, you're going to see the bump in the usage go up for guys like Alfred Payton yet again. So Alec Burks, keep a close eye on that. If he's in, if he's playing, he actually becomes a pretty decent play on a guard position for somewhat value on this slate. But really what he does is makes guys like Alfred Payton not as appealing to me. So keep a close eye on that for somebody who probably plays in the mid to upper 20s in minutes if he is active. And I'll scroll down so you can see the rest of this on YouTube show to close it out now with Orlando. Orlando is going to be having a questionable Evan Fournier now, and they're going to be having a questionable James Ennis. Now, James Ennis has just been getting ruled out all season long. James Ennis was actually playing on this team a lot last year, so do not be shocked 
shocked if he comes in, the former uh, the former Sixer, and he comes in and just plays, you know, 20 minutes in this game, 18 minutes in his first game back. It's a hamstring injury, so they might ease him back in, 12 minutes of play. You have Evan Fournier dealing with a back injury right now. We saw in that last game that the second Evan Fournier missed, yeah, you got Michael Carter-Williams to start. You continue to get Dwayne Bacon to play minutes, but it was T. Ross, Terrence Ross, who returned from his injury, his missed time, and actually went off. And that's going to be a very similar thing. You have so far this season with no Evan Fournier on the court in 99 minutes of play, a 32% usage rate for Terrence Ross leads this team 1.24 fantasy points per minute. Now, obviously, this is a small sample size, but it is a sample size of about three or four games in those 99 minutes of play with no Evan Fournier on the court. So a 1.24 fantasy points per minute is pretty damn eye-opening if you want to look at it that way. Vooch basically remains himself. 1.4 fantasy points per minute, a 27% usage rate. Those things go up a little bit. But yes, Terrence Ross would be in play and become a lot more appealing if Evan Fournier at $5,200 was to miss. And Mike Scott out again, playing about 16 minutes a game with this knee injury uh, for, against Charlotte for Philadelphia at $3,000 flat. Just going to change some things off the bench for some players. Nothing major. So honestly, the biggest news today, obviously Luka and Harden up top because they do so much for their team's usage rate because they take so much away from the usage rate. Assist percentage, rebounding rate in Luka's case. And then in some lesser extent ones, Alec Burks and Evan Fournier are things you want to keep in mind and also Darius Garland. So with all that said, we get into the early interest. Now we're going to skip the target offense sheet on this big of a slate with some totals not completely out yet. And I have it filtered this time, not by salary, but I have it filtered by team so we can hit on if I have interest in a couple guys from a team at the exact same time. But I'll scroll. The stuff you're seeing on the screen right now, it's, it's only like half of the early interest, maybe even a third of them. There's a lot of them today because it's a nine game slate. Like I said, there's a lot of center value. And what better place to start than a center? That's going to be Mr. Clint Capella, who if you've been playing the slate the last couple of days, you probably, if you've been following my content, had a lot of Clint Capella the last time out when he was the number one value play on the slate in my model. Be sure to check out my projections, rankings, all that stuff down below right now. You also get the rest of the NFL season up to the Super Bowl. The PGA is going to be returning this week. We will have projections and ownership and things like that. Check all that out down below on Patreon. You can follow along with the NBA projections I will be releasing today. Clint Capella at 6,100. This is the nice thing to see about Clint Capella. First two games back, they limited him to 20 minutes apiece. Then he plays 30 minutes. And then on a back-to-back, he plays 31 minutes. So this was fantastic to see. It looks like he's completely over this injury for Clint Capella right now. So now he's back. He's played 100 minutes on the season, seeing an 18.5% usage rate and a very, very nice to see 30.8 defensive rebounding rate. That's very strong at this point. You're getting 2.3 blocks per game and also a steal and a half per game. Clint Capella at $6,100. He's getting closer to appropriately priced. I think Clint Capella's appropriate price is probably 66 to 6,800. So he's nowhere near the same value he was the other night out when he's in the 5K range. But Clint Capella at 6,100 is still a very strong play. Now he's only center only. So you'd have to put him in one of those two spots, your utility or your center spot. But there's enough guys in the slate that are power forward center eligible that I do think he's very much strongly in play for me. And I do like myself some Clint Capella. Now, next up, you're going to go to Boston, where a lot of these Boston guys are appropriately priced or becoming appropriately priced. You have Jalen Brown quickly hitting that 8K range now. You have approaching the 9K range, Jason Tatum, and they should be in that range. But they don't become interest to me. You have Marcus Smart at 6,600. And I like that price point of 6,600. But again, I think it's a fairly price uh, price when he's going to be 34 minutes, 35 minutes a game and averaging around a fantasy point per minute. I think that's a fair price point. Then you have Tristan Thompson all the way down here, who's still continuing to start at the four alongside Daniel Tice sometimes. And he's continuing to play 24, 25 minutes with the upside of playing 26 to 28. Tristan Thompson so far this season has played 145 minutes. He has a 26.4% defensive rebounding rate, which leads this team. And he's just 4,400 against Toronto here. So again, he's one of these value plays that I don't expect 40 points out of, but I expect somewhere in the upper 20s out of him to mid 20s at the very least. And he's 4,400. And that's definitely smashing a value play for you. So Tristan Thompson, a nice value out of Boston, the main play that I like from Boston. Now, the main play that I like from Charlotte today is not going to actually be a big man. Although I think Biggs Matt Biombo is another value potential center that you can find playing 30 plus minutes in like his last two out of three or three out of four games. The matchup against Joel Embiid and just the overwhelming amount and the, the fruitfulness, uh, the abundance of value at the other positions and the other, well, the same exact position, but just other teams today at center and power forward leaves me to get away from Biombo against Joel Embiid. But LaMelo Ball today at $5,600. He's played 27 minutes or more in his last three games and his minutes continue to increase 27, 29, 
31 minutes right now. LaMelo Ball has been fantastic. In 137 minutes of play so far, with again, those minutes increasing, he's seen a 23.7% usage rate, which is second on the team, only to Terry Rozier to this point. And right now he's seen a 26.9% assist percentage, second on the team, only to Devontae Grant. That was his thing, right? Whether it's coming out of college, his best asset was probably just his ability to pass the ball right now. You're seeing a nice defensive rebounding rate, 13.7, so a rebounding guard early on. And 3.7 steals per, I believe, 48 right now is what this man is averaging. That's all fantastic. So if LaMelo is going to start to see this run, right, earlier on we thought they're going to limit him that's what we were seeing 20 minutes a game but if he's going to maybe enter the starting lineup i doubt it because i doubt they start three guards that would probably mean Devonte graham goes to the bench which at some point they're going to have to do but if he's going to come off the bench and play these rotations where he's kind of locked in now to 24 minutes and if he's playing half decent they're going to keep him in for up, upwards of 28 to 30 minutes i like that a lot especially because the fantasy points per minute have been very good for him 1.22 fantasy points per minute keep in mind it is a somewhat limited sample as he'll play the seventh most minutes on the team so not a massive sample right guys like gordon hayward terry rogier Devonte graham playing around 200 minutes He's only played about 137. So those guys, minutes-wise, have played about two more games than him. But still, he's averaging 1.22 fantasy points per minute. When you have a very strong assist ability and your ability to get to double-doubles because of that is immense if you could play 30 minutes, he's going to be very much so in play for me out of Charlotte. When we get to Cleveland, you still have Andre Drummond at 9,200. That's fine, right? Uh, you have Sexton at the 7K range. That's fine. These guys are just appropriately priced. Obviously, their ceilings are going to be beating that price point, but that's for anybody at this point. If I had to pick a player in Cleveland, it would be Larry Nance. I'm not completely sold on this. Third most minutes on the team, the defense and rebound rate is just getting crushed by standing next to Andre Drummond. Drummond played less minutes in the last game and look, Larry Nance gets there. So when they're on the court together, that's a little bit of a concern because you have Drummond seeing a 38% defensive rebounding rate, which is knocking Nance below 20%, which is where he was a lot of last year in that 20% range. He's at just 16%. So out of the guys I talked about today, I have the least conviction in Nance because he's going to need a bad game out of Drummond or Drummond to play less minutes because of foul trouble or whatever it might be for him to really explode and hit you a 40 point ceiling at this price point. Next up, we continue to get to these big men and now we're going to uh, attach a couple in a row here as we talk about Larry Nance, as we talk about Tom Thompson and Capella. And this time we're going to be going to Detroit where I have a couple of interesting players, a couple of interesting guys that are going to be playing closer to the basket. The first one being Mason Plumley. He's just a very secure play. At $5,800, you know what you're getting out of him. He's been safe. He's been playing a lot of minutes. He's basically, you can count him for 30 minutes of play right now. You can count on him for over a fantasy point per minute, averaging 1.05 fantasy points per minute so far this year at 177 minutes of play. His shot attempts are mainly within three feet of the basket. That's why you're seeing a 66.7% true shooting percentage, which leads this team right now. You're seeing currently a 28.8% defensive rebounding rate not getting many blocks which i think is going to go go up but he's getting over two right around two and a half steals per 48 so Plumley is in play for me he's kind of like the safer play we know there's a ceiling on him if he could actually get volume around 14 shots instead of like eight shots right then there's definitely going to be a ceiling on Plumley here at 5800 but he's just too cheap Mason Plumlee at what he's been doing should be probably 6400 Not insanely too cheap, but definitely too cheap. Now, his teammate Blake Griffin, I also like. In that last game out, he had a concussion. He came back from it. They limited him purposely to 29 minutes. But Blake Griffin is the cheapest I've seen him in forever. He was $6,900 a couple nights ago. And then he goes off for like, what, 45 fantasy points it was? And that was the cheapest that I've seen him in a long time. But now his price point is going down because he came back and was limited and played just fine in 29 minutes, maybe a little bit poorly, but 29 minutes off of a concussion where the team was purposely limiting him. And now DraftKings has dropped his price to $6,600 for a guy who's going to be playing big minutes out there he's only been averaging one fantasy point per minute that's definitely going up unless you think Blake Griffin just completely fell apart which is possible based on all the injuries that he has but unless you think he just fell apart he's going to start to average around 1.15 1.2 fantasy points per minute over a 20% usage rate this year over a 20% defensive rebounding rate once the shot attempts start to actually go into the basket and he starts to shoot a little bit better you're going to see Blake Griffin at this price point smashing more times than not Blake Griffin to me is still a $7,500 player at the very worst he's a $7,000 player so seeing him at 6,600 is just screaming out value for me and also to close the door on Blake Griffin that game where he comes back 
back, he does see 14 shot attempts, which is good to see. The second most he's seen this year, but he shoots four of 14, right? He shoots 28.6%. He's going to start shooting closer to 40 or 45% like he did for the first couple of games of the season. And when he's actually doing that and playing his bigger minutes, right, he's going to be getting you closer. At 6,600, he doesn't have to score 45 fantasy points. If he scores you 40, he's doing a very good job for you at that price point. You get down to Steph Curry, who just went off last night. He went 18 of 31. This is bound to happen, right? A couple times a year. And honestly, more than a couple times a year when you're talking about Steph Curry. Steph Curry is going to have these games. 36 minutes ties his most in the season, I believe. 18 of 31. He shoots 8 of 16 from three-point range. When Steph has these nights when he's shooting 8 to 12 threes or making 8 to 12 threes, he's going to break the slate. And he did that last night. Uh, if you played on the seven-game slate on Sunday, he scores 75.75 points. He was fantastic. And honestly, the price point is not... It went down $100, right? It goes down $100. Steph Curry is now tied for, I believe, his lowest price point of the season on opening night against Brooklyn after having a night like he did. But I don't want to just get leverage on last night. Let's just look at his, what, he, what he's doing in general. He's playing big minutes, basically 35 minutes a game right now, and you're seeing a ton of usage. And you're basically seeing his floor. His floor right now is where he's kind of priced at. Outside of the Milwaukee game where they got blown out and he had to play 29 minutes and three quarters just to get into, uh, because they know he was going to get blowout run just to get his time in. He plays 29 minutes and three quarters, only scores 35 points. Okay, there's a blowout there. He doesn't get his final seven points or seven minutes. He was probably going to score 40 plus points and closer to 45. Outside of that, his floor so far this year that we've seen is pretty consistently around 45 fantasy points. So now he's kind of priced at his floor with the mega ceiling if he just takes a little bit more volume. You can basically bank on 20 to 25 shots a game out of him. He's gone over 20 shots four out of his six games so far this season. The only two he hasn't, he shot 17 times. So the volume's all there for him. The efficiency is basically going to be there more times than not, like you saw last night, shooting 50% from three, like you saw a couple nights ago, shooting 56% from three, shooting 58% from the floor. So Steph is very much so in play. If you're looking for a pay-up guard on this slate, I'd actually rather go down to Steph Curry if Luka and even Harden are in. I'd rather go down to Steph Curry for the price savings. And now I'm about to scroll, but we get to John Wall before we do that. John Wall is somebody that I definitely have interest in. Now, obviously, John Wall's only played two games, and John Wall's rates are going to be a little bit different because you're going to have to be looking at John Wall's rates with one game without uh, James Harden, where he was the main option on this team. So that's going to be a little bit different. But even in the game when James Harden's in there, again, you had Westbrook on this team last year. Westbrook was dropping 50-point games uh, somewhat often. Obviously, Harden was continuing to drop 60-point games. So he can coexist with another quote-unquote star, and I think that John Wall is going to be able to show you that this year. Now, in John Wall's two games, again, one of them with Harden on. So if I wanted to do something here right now, uh, on this on-off tool, if you want to check out uh, Add More Funds, NBA Wowie. If I just want to put James Harden on, just so you can get a very small sample size of what he did in that one game, he still saw a 27% usage rate in 26 minutes with James Harden on the court. He still saw a 35% assist percentage and a 12.5% defensive rebounding rate. John Wall averaged 1.22 fantasy points a minute with James Harden. Again, the smallest of samples, so let's not dissect this too much, but just for reference, with James Harden on the court for 26 minutes. So John Wall, yeah, I mean, I think he can average 1.2 fantasy points a minute. Am I going to project him for that today? No, I'll probably project him for closer to 1.1, maybe like 1.12. But even then, in the minutes that I'm going to expect John Wall to play, and we've seen these minutes be big, I do think that John Wall is still in play. When he was $7,000 or $7,100 to open the season, I said, oh, I thought John Wall was going to be $7,800 to open the season, maybe even an $8,000 player. We remember this guy being in the 9K range pretty often when he was with Washington. And then he comes out and he plays 37 minutes in back-to-back -back games now, and he looks completely healthy, and he's actually playing very well, shooting 40% and 52% from the field, picking up assists and doing a lot of stuff. He scored 50 points in two games so far. I like John Wall a lot. I, I still think, like I said, I thought he should have been $7,800 to open the season, so the fact that now he's had two good games I think he should be an $8,500 player and he's at $7,600 so he's still way too cheap now let's scroll down as we get to even more players that I like on tonight's slate you can start up top and this is basically the rest of them what you're seeing on the screen right now there's three more guys and they're all centers and they're all value so you're going to want to stick around for that so there's three more guys after this load of players but Christian Wood look Christian Wood's a little bit maybe not fluky right I love Christian Wood I have him in all of my fantasy basketball leagues right now might have reached on him in a couple of them but it's working out so far for me so I have Christian Wood right now he's leading his team in minutes well that's because obviously James Harden missed a game and all these other guys missed a game he has one game this season when it's all wall, when it's cousins, when it's all these guys that are actually in. But I don't really care about that because I think Christian Wood is a stud. The Marcus Cousins being there, again, I don't care about it. 
DeMarcus Cousins has played 25 minutes in two games. He's maybe going to get to a point where he plays 18 minutes a game as a direct backup, but he's not going to be taking Christian Wood's role. And Christian Wood has given him no reason in this team, no reason to take away his role. Christian Wood leads the team at 145 minutes, a 24% usage rate right now. He obviously shoots close to the basket, so he also right now has a 61.7% true shooting percentage. Only James Harden right now is better for anybody with a decent sample on this team. 1.29 fantasy points per minute. Look, I was thinking that I might be able at some point to start projecting Christian Wood for 1.2 fantasy points per minute this year. Now he's basically averaging 1.29, 1.3 fantasy points per minute. He works fantastic, fantastic. This is not Clint Capello. This is a big man that can actually space a little bit. He works fantastic with what you're getting out of. Shoot an actual jump shot and feel comfortable with it. Get more open lanes for James Harden because of what Christian Wood could do. And you're seeing that right now. And he's going to play big minutes, right? 44, 37, 32, and 33 minutes to start the season off. And he's taking a lot of volume shots. And those shots are only going to go up. He started the year with 22 and 20 shots, 14 and 14 shots in the last two games, basically because it's a smaller sample, maybe because John Wall's been back as well. But I'm not too concerned with it. 12 or more rebounds in three of the first four games. He's shooting fantastic, right? But it's going to continue because of how close he's shooting to the basket. He's shooting 64%, 64%, 50% so far this season. Christian went to $7,400. He's going to be like an, a bam at a Bayou price point pretty damn soon, which is $8,500 on this slate. Victor Oladipo is somebody that he's tough to get to on this slate because of a couple guys like Christian Wood, a couple guys like you can see on the screen like Jimmy Butler that are priced around him and just so much big man value, but it's hard to ignore the big minutes as of late that Victor Oladipo is playing. He's now played 159 minutes on the season and Oladipo is, is dare I say, getting back to his original form. He'll never be that same explosive player because one, he's older, but two, that injury is pretty devastating. But 34, 34, and 37 minutes. We were rarely seeing Oladipo hit 30 minutes last year when they brought him back and were limiting him. Now he's playing these massive minutes and he's not even shooting that great, right? His last two games, 34 minutes played, he shot 36%. Last game, he plays 37 minutes. He only shoots 18%, 18%, three of 16 from the field. And he still scores 35 points and 34 points in those games. Now he's basically, basically hitting his floor. If we can rely on these big minutes, the efficiency in shooting is going to come on this nice volume around 15 shots a game. Solo Depot is somebody that I have interest in today, especially if he goes a little bit lower owned. A 24% usage rate. He's currently leading this team right now in usage. He's seeing a 1.18 fantasy points per minute, which is second to only Sabonis on this team and has a 21% assist percentage. Everything for him looks good. If the volume in his minutes around 35 stays there, the second he shoots starts to shoot half decent, you're going to see that 40 point game. It might just be today. So now we have Jimmy Butler up here for a guy who's been dealing with injuries, comes back, plays in a blowout, and then plays in one pretty bad game. And now Jimmy Butler is going to be at his lowest price point of the season. This is a mistake. Jimmy Butler is very much a 7,800 to an $8,000 player. Again, he played that opening night. He scores 44 points. He gets hurt in New Orleans. He plays 16 minutes. And then he comes back in this last game and he shoots 0 of 6. 0 of 6 from the field in 27 minutes. And then they basically say, all right, you're done for the night. So Jimmy Butler has played in basically two games this year. One game he played fantastic at a $7,700 price point, his previous lower price point to this. And then in the last game, he shoots 0 of 6. I do not expect an 0 of 6 shooting performance. I expect something closer to the first night where he shot in the mid teens and was shooting pretty well. So Jimmy Butler at $7,400. This is way, 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 way too cheap of a price point for a guy this season who was seeing a 23% usage rate and a 30% assist percentage. So I like that a lot. You get to Giannis. Not much I have to say about Giannis. I don't know how people over the first couple of games when Giannis was struggling were telling me that, oh, how you have interest in Giannis tonight? What? How do I have interest in a man who averages 1.9 fantasy points per minute in his career? And lately, he's only been averaging 1.3 in a very small sample size of two games. And now people are saying, ah, oh, let's get away from him and never play him again. No, that's the whole reason why on Jock Market, I was able to basically triple my bankroll on Jock Market just playing Giannis and buying his player stocks. And those player stocks went right up because he had one bad game against Miami. And that bad game against Miami, let's just keep this in mind, they blew them out. And he only played 24 minutes and still scored over 30 fantasy points, right? And now he's coming off of back-to-back -back games, one with a triple-double and damn near 70 DraftKings points, the other missing a triple-double by two assists and scoring 65 
five fantasy points. Yeah, I'm going to go right back to Giannis here. He's my favorite stud on the slate. If Luka plays, then Luka would probably be my second favorite stud on the slate in that 10K plus range. But Giannis and then Steph, if I'm trying to pay up today as of right now, depending on ownership. But Giannis at 10800 he's still too cheap. Giannis is $1,000 too cheap. I'll say it again. Giannis is $1,000 too cheap for what his median projection of around right now, 60 plus fantasy points is. And now we can start to get into even more of this value on his exact team right now, which you're going to be getting. And also the rates for Giannis, 33% usage, 28% assists, 35% defensive rebounding rate with 1.66 fantasy points per minute. He's averaging 1.66 fantasy points per minute. His season average is going to get back to his career average of around 1.85, 1.9. Now I want to look at Bobby Portis, who's continuing to play more minutes right now, Bobby Portis, then Brooke Lopez below him. And this is another guy who's going to be one of these value power forward and centers that has 30 to 40 point upside. Portis, the former bull, I think he had like a cup of coffee maybe in Washington, I believe, obviously with the Knicks last year. Bobby Portis, this is what he's played. In four of his last five games, he's played 25 or more minutes. The only game he doesn't was against Miami, where he only played 18 minutes in that one, but he's slowly taking the job away from Brooke Lopez. If we can start to project Bobby Portis for 24 minutes, and Bobby Portis this season is averaging 1.1 fantasy points per minute, that's pretty good value off the bench for a guy who's still in the 4K range, who you can put in the power forward spot, who's seen right now a 27% defensive rebounding rate. Bobby Portis with a 19% usage rate. He's not my favorite value big man on the slate, but if I can now start projecting him for 24 minutes of play, which I feel comfortable with based on his last usage over these last five games, he's going to start to look and pop for a guy who's going to score like 26, 27 points. And at $4,900, that's pretty damn good. Alfred Payton, we've talked about a couple of times on this show the last couple of times out. If Alec Burks is out, Alfred Payton is in play for me. Just a guard value in that mid range. If you're looking for one to fill a position for you, um, you can probably try and get to some big men there. But if you need one to fill a position for you, Alfred Payton's fine to get to. He's sporting right now a 25% usage rate and a 27% assist percentage so far this season. He is someone who will get into, I would say, foul trouble a little bit more than you would like out of a guard, but it's nothing that's too major for you. Scroll down now so you can see the rest of the guys that I have interest in on this slate. George Hill, we, we've had him on this a couple of times. If you're just looking for guard value, George Hill's pretty nice. His price point's really not coming up at all. Came up $100 after he played his most minutes at his best game, which normally when you play more minutes, you're going to have more opportunity because you're just going to be having more chances in general there. But George Hill, he's been playing well. 21% usage rate right now and a 26% assist percentage, averaging 1.09 fantasy points per minute. Is actually the second highest on this team right now, only behind Mr. SGA. You might notice I didn't say SGA today. I still have interest in SGA. He's still going to grade out of somebody I like, but I've said his name every single time in the show, and he's basically just breaking even for you or getting a little bit below that, right? His $8,000 tag or so getting you like 35 to 40 fantasy points. SGA's 50 or 60 point burgers are in his back pocket, and I wish they would have come out by now, but I don't want to sound like too much of a broken record. I personally will be playing SGA today. If you want to play him, that's fine. He's averaging 1.1 fantasy points per minute. Still has his 30 plus percent usage rate. Still has over a 10% defensive rebounding rate and a 27% usage rate leads his team. So here comes some even more big men that I like. Joel Embiid all the way up top. Again, I like the stud of Giannis on this slate. If you're looking for a pay up center, there's not many on the slate like you have Andre Drummond you have Sabonis now up there he's actually somewhat expensive at $9,500 but then Joel Embiid is going to be the guy that I like because he's going to be going up against Bismack Biombo today they might have to take off the court because of his defensive liabilities and the big thing for Joel Embiid is that the volume is likely to increase he's been playing great these last couple of games we're seeing massive minutes at Joel Embiid and the volume has just not been there the first two games he's shooting 20 times a game these last two games he's just shooting 11 times per game but the minutes is what you love to see Joel Embiid so far this season his minutes have been 35 31 38 27 and a blowout so he got pulled and 37 if you can project Joel Embiid for anywhere around 34 or 35 minutes, which I think you can comfortably do now, he's going to start projecting out for 50 plus fantasy points and he's below $10,000. So that looks very good. And if the volume comes up, right, first couple of nights he was shooting 17, 20, 17 times, you can expect somewhere around 16 to 18 attempts for Embiid. The last two games, just seven attempts per game. So once that volume goes up, you're going to get these 26, 28, 30 point performances out of Embiid. It's basically a lock for a double double at that point. And then it just comes down to what he's doing in the blocks and steals departments, which are above average right now around his career average so far to start this season. The big things for Joel Embiid to keep in mind are the minutes are going 
going up. The minutes are going up. The minutes are going up. Outside of the game where he gets pulled, he's basically averaging 35 minutes per game this year, and that is just fantastic to see. Next up is Mr. Rashawn Holmes from Sacramento. This is another value center play that I think you can put into a power forward spot. It's interesting because you have Hassan Whiteside out there, and as they should be, they're saying, we're going to give you less minutes now, Hassan Whiteside. You have Morgan Bagley, who should be playing the five, but he's playing a lot of the four so that he can play alongside Rashawn Holmes. But Holmes is just 5,600. This is like a guy that I would prefer over Alfred Payton. This is why I said, if you're at Alfred Payton, 6,000, look for a big man if you're in your utility spot or anything like that. But I do like Rashawn Holmes here. He's been fantastic. A 16 percent usage rate he's playing bigger minutes now averaging 1.05 fantasy points per minute 24 and a half percent defensive rebounding rate and i do think that those fantasy points per minute are only going to come up if you want to look at what rashawn holmes minutes have been as of late 32 36 and 33 minutes he's played 32 or more minutes that is in three straight games and he's had a total of 34 shot attempts in his last three games that is very good to see rashawn holmes is too cheap at this price point right now he was starting off the season as a guy when they were giving Hassan Whiteside more minutes when they were allowing marvin bagley to pretty strictly play 26 to 28 and really just Whiteside getting more minutes he was starting off the season playing 23 minutes, 24 minutes, 25 minutes. One of those games he had foul trouble. And very quickly they said, okay, we need to get this guy in the lineup more because he's damn good. Ever since leaving the Sixers, he's turned his game completely around when he was with as a backup, I believe, the Suns. And now with the Sacramento Kings, these last couple of years, he's been very good. I like Rashawn Holmes. He's another one of these values that I actually think he's center only on DraftKings, but he just looks too good. Pascal Siakam, I'm going to be buying here. I'm going to be buying, if you will, the dip on Pascal Siakam. It is his cheapest price point of the season. We've seen Fred Van Vliet now have two really good games in a row. We've seen Kyle Lowry continue to be a consistent player scoring in around 45 fantasy points at his $8,000 price tag. And we've seen his price point basically slowly decreasing to basically where it's now the same as what it was. He was 7,600, I believe, to open the season, but he's been like an $8,200 player now down to $7,700. And he has not been playing great. He has not been playing great at all. He's coming off a game where he shot four of 10, 0 of 4 from three-point land. And he played just 25 minutes in a game where he saw some foul trouble, right? I believe he fouled out in that game as well. He has now fouled out in back-to-back games. And three games ago, we had five personal fouls. So foul trouble is the concern right now for Siakam. And I honestly think it's the major concern for Siakam. I think you would see, be seeing a lot better performances. I think you would be seeing a pretty consistent 36 and 37 minutes and said he's mid to low 30s in minutes so Siakam he's only averaging 0.96 fantasy points per minute historically this is a small sample size you're going to see him averaging like 1.1 if not more than that per minute 1.08 whatever it might be he's still getting the usage at 24% he's just not shooting well right now at a 47% true shooting percentage just for instance you have guys like OG Ananobi 54% Kyle Lowry 58 Fred Van Vliet 52 as that's coming up after he struggled so you're buying the dip not only in the price point but the performance and the personal fouls right now which is something that is definitely going to turn around he's not going to foul out of your game for Pascal Siakam. And then to finish the slate up with his teammate, who is going to be Chris Boucher. They don't know who what they want to do at center. They don't. They signed Aaron Baines, but Chris Boucher is somebody that eventually they want to get into the starting lineup. This guy is a fantastic, he's an offensive dynamite, and now he's only $5,100 and he's power forward eligible, which is fantastic. Chris Boucher has now played 24 or more minutes in three out of his last four games, and he's coming off of a season high 29 minutes, 38 fantasy points. The season high would be in the minutes, but season high in points with 24. He shot seven of 13 from the floor and one of four from three point lane, made all nine of his free throw attempts, which is pretty big, got to the line again nine times. But the big thing for Boucher is that they don't have a solid center. Like Aaron Baines, they might be starting him, but Chris Boucher continues to come in and play longer stints than him. Chris Boucher, so far in the season, averaging 1.37 fantasy points per minute in his 100 minutes of play. Aaron Baines, the starter, has only played 108 minutes, averaging just 0.77 fantasy points per minute. That is a massive, massive difference. Chris Boucher is going to be starting pretty soon. Either way, I feel comfortable with him playing 25 to 26 plus minutes. And at $5,100 and a 1.85x multiplier in Superdraft, Chris Boucher and his 19% rebounding rate, his 23% usage right now. Uh, Chris Boucher is currently second, barely 
barely, barely behind Pascal Siakam for usage on this Toronto team. And his fantasy point per minute, it's going to come down. He's not going to average Jonas Valanciunas, although he might. He might be that good of a player. He's not going to average his 1.37 fantasy points per minute when he starts playing 30 minutes a night. But even if it's 1.2, 1.25, he is way, way, way too cheap. One of these nights, he's going to play 32 minutes. It could be tonight. And even if he plays 26, he can still play, pay off this price tag for you. So thank you for tuning in to the beginning of the week Monday show. Please do hit that like button for me. Hit the big old subscribe button that pops up. I appreciate that all the time. Support the sponsors of the show, Superdraft. My name's Sal. Get you that free money bonus up to $1,000 Ruskies, S-A-L. And check out my Patreon down below for projections for tonight's game, for the golf that's going to be returning this week, projections and ownership there for the Tour of Champions, for the NFL playoffs, two beautiful slates, a three-game slate on a Saturday, really three slates, three-game slate on a Saturday, three-game slate on Sunday, and a massive six-game slate for the entire weekend for the first week, the super wild card weekend. So thank you so much for tuning in. We will be live at 4 p.m. East Coast time tonight to break down this slate live, the nine-game slate. Really just answer your questions. We already just broke it down, but answer your questions, update you based on some news, talk about my exposures and things like that. Thank you so much for tuning into this video. I appreciate you all a ton, and I'll see you all in the next one.